Hi guys, my name is Girish Pelly, the host for Back to Basics, another Back to Basics, another week. So today we are talking about career coaching, or is it Gen X and Gen Z and Gen Y coaching? Or is it just coaching in general? We'll figure that out when we get on the call. But today we have an amazing person. I spoke with her right before this recording and I'm telling you she's a powerhouse and she's just amazing gal and her name is Farhiha. I hope I pronounced it correctly and we'll get into that call and we'll correct that. But you know what? Let's invite her. How are you and thanks for coming on Back to Basics. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And yeah. very, very close on the name. It's Faria, so awesome. got there 90% of the way. Nice, nice. So uh, at least I'm trying my best as much as I can. So thank you again for that. Absolutely. So before we get into the to the main question of today, uh, what does Back to Basic mean to you? Honestly, Back to Basic, I think just talking authentically, talking, uh, sharing stories, sharing the narrative, seeing where it goes, seeing the audience that we can reach, the perspectives that we can kind of emanate, try to open a few minds, just share the knowledge and see, you know, how many people we can kind of almost impact in that in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, by the way. Um, and thank you again for coming on my show and uh, making this brighter for me. So thank you again for that. So tell me, what do you do and who are you and let's explain to people of where you come from as to why i invited you onto this call today yes absolutely you know i like i said my name is faria and a little bit more background on myself i'm a, I'm a first-gen immigrant here in in canada my background is actually in stem so i graduated from mechanical engineering uh, minor in business and I've always really grown up with a big, almost, I would say, passion for, for everything kind of problem solving mm -hmm. because my dad's an engineer and I'm, it was almost like following kind of that legacy path. So I definitely got streamed into it from an early age. I remember just when I was young, since my dad is ex-Air Force, we would always be like breaking things apart and putting things back together. And that's something that really resonated with me growing up. I always liked to, you know, break things apart rebuild it and rebuild it better the next time around so that's kind of what's really driven me in my path within stem mm -hmm. and what i've realized you know being a first and minority being a woman in woman of color being a female engineer and someone who is really driven in her own career development is that there's this big gap when it comes to career developments specifically within stem and that's where uh my really career coaching journey started so with my background in STEM and being a content creator on LinkedIn, I decided to kind of fuse the two together and I founded the Cohort Collective, mm. which is a career coaching firm that is tailored for Gen Y and Z, uh, specifically young professionals, you know, helping decentralize career development and helping create accessible resources so that people along marginalized communities can really have the mindset and the skill set to evolve within personal and professional development. So those are really some of the things that kind of drive me. And what I'm doing right now on top of the career coaching, I actually transitioned recently into sustainable technology. Mm. So it's been really cool developing uh, what I currently work in, are what are called fuel cells. So essentially a propulsion method that really doesn't have any emissions. 
So it really tries to perpetuate that decarbonizing our planet agenda. So it's been very interesting to try to fuse even sustainable technology and STEM and advocating for marginalized communities through career coaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much, by the way, uh, for that. So before we get into the details of that, uh, of what what the career coaching is for the Gen uh, Zs and the Ys and the Xs too, um, what does STEM mean in general? Does it mean technology? Does it mean engineering? Does it mean uh, electrical engineer? What, what does that mean uh, for STEM? Yeah, so to start off, STEM actually stands for a wide variety of things. You know, it stands for science, technology, engineering, mathematics, but the way I like to see it is problem solving. Mm. Anything where you're just given a scenario where there is this impediment you need to be able to have that critical thinking ability, that creativity, mm. and almost that confidence to you know, collaborate and work together cohesively to form solutions. Mm. And a lot of that applies to current world problems. You know, like I said, a lot of what I'm doing right now is solving that whole problem with respect to climate change. Mm. What can we do now mm. to almost create a more sustainable world and try to create a future for future generations mm. that's better than where we are right now. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people look at STEM and they think, oh, it's coding, it's programming, it's gears and mechanical stuff. And right. it's, you know, very technical things, but really what it is at its core is problem solving. Mm. And, and that's what I said really drove me growing up as well. It was that problem solving nature, you know, picking things apart and figuring out how things worked and how to make them better. So that, to me at least, that's what STEM is. And it doesn't have to be in engineering, doesn't have to be in technology. I think it can come in any form. I think people who even are artists are some of the biggest problem solvers in the world, you know, trying to communicate a message on a canvas that in itself is problem solving. So I think STEM exists everywhere yeah yeah thank you so much uh, by the way for for that and uh, but a few people when they talk about stem the the first thing comes in mind is uh you need to be good in math but i think that's not the case is it um because it could be in different different aspects of it right but there's so many different aspects of it uh, i think something that comes to mind is like ux or ui design so that is completely a creative component of stem it does have that digital factor where you are you might be creating an app or creating a website but it does not require you to know mathematics it doesn't require you to know code so i think people from a variety of backgrounds can mm. expose themselves to stem see what stands out see you know what kind of like triggers that that creativity that passion and try to follow that path yeah 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 thank you so much uh, by the way for that now the the next question is, I think you mentioned something about fuel uh, cells. Can you explain yeah, yeah. that? Uh, can you explain what, what that is, if you don't mind? Yeah, absolutely. So let me give you a little bit more background on, on what I'm actually doing. So I'm working on a dual project right now uh, with two companies. So one of them is called Ballard Power Systems, which is in Vancouver, and the other is Audi, which is in Germany. So. I'm working with both teams to help develop what are called fuel cells. And essentially a fuel cell is an engine that sits in a car or a vehicle. So unlike internal combustion engines that essentially use fossil fuels, they use gas and emit 
carbon dioxide. Fuel cells, on the other hand, are completely a, a sustainable piece of technology. So unlike, uh, unlike internal combustion engines, fuel cells actually use hydrogen as a form of fuel and they emit water as waste. Mm. So it just becomes this completely sustainable form of energy. And what I'm doing right now is trying to create a more refined system so that we can get more power out of, out of this propulsion method mm. and we can try to implement it across as many cars as we can. So the goal right now, specifically with respect to Audi and in general with respect to the automotive industry, is try to tailor uh, the message of you know decarbonizing technology hmm. and try to implement fuel cells as many cars and trucks and vans as we can. Hmm. So that's the goal, you know, we have about a 10, 15 year agenda to get there. And honestly, I'm confident that, that we can because it needs to happen. Sure. Know, we're, we're getting to a point where it's scary. Mm. If we don't act now, we're not going to be able to to actually fix the problems that, that we're causing. So it's, it's important to have, you know, not just the right STEM lines mm. on, mm. on developing fuel cells, but politicians to have the right policies, the right legislation to give us enough funding to give us the room we can to innovate better technology. Yeah, yeah. So fuel cell is the under umbrella of STEM or this is totally separate and parallel? This is just one tiny niche in the world of STEM. Yeah, I see. Absolutely. Okay, STEM okay. STEM is like a tree. Fuel cell would be like one leaf. Okay, okay. So this is part of the, the problem solving of the, the fuel cell and automotive uh, industry now, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And okay. the fuel cell industry, I'd say sustainable technology as a whole, is a newer industry. You know, it did not exist. When mm. you look at Ford, you look at internal combustion engines, a hundred year history. You know, mm. fuel cell much newer, maybe 20 years. So mm. if, in terms of innovation, in terms of problem solving, very, very heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, uh, by the way, uh, for that. Now, because the reason why I'm asking is because people, uh, or I should say students who come out of uh, colleges and high schools and, and vocational schools or whatever schools that they have gone to, they don't know what guidance they need in order to be in STEM or science or just anything in general. So that's why I'm asking these questions that what do they need to prepare themselves to get people like you to coach them in a better way? That's a really good question, uh, and I, I do agree with you. I think you know the way that our current education system stands, we don't have the system to almost expose STEM to students from a young age. Specifically, if we're talking about girls, you know, girls are art, even now, twenty twenty one. Go to nursing, you know, do something to help people. Well, STEM is for boys, you know, rockets like that's. Even when you look at, like, you go to Walmart, you'll see shirts with rockets on, and it's in the boys' section, and the girls have, like, flowers and random stuff. And so the segregation is very clear, and the system does not exist. Mm. So to create that accessibility, it's not really, I wouldn't say, that onus sits on students. It sits on educators. We need to create a system where we can actually expose students to STEM fields from an early age to make sure that we're not discriminating based on race or gender mm. because those kind of impediments currently exist. And it's a big reason why I am a career coach to try to dismantle 
those uh, those systemic biases as much as I can mm. and create equal opportunity. Mm. So that's number one, is making sure that educators can create a system where we are exposing students to STEM fields, where we're sharing real STEM stories, mm. not just the, you need to be good at math, you need to be good at science. But yeah. What impact can we have? You know, look at what the work that uh, Swati Mohan has done with, with the, the Mars rover. Mm. Uh, uh, perseverance you know just this year in February she landed she landed an entire rover on a different planet like that's something that's stem look at what Elon Musk is doing with his robot that's something that is stem and you know we're looking at all of these big things but it also comes down to really really small things you know just how does a pen work that's also stem how are we talking right now? The entire world of the internet, that is STEM. There's so many different fields, and I think it's so important to communicate those stories to students from a young age so they can actually understand that it's not just about being good at math or just not just about being good at science. Mm. There's so many diverse fields, and we need to give them the opportunity to pick and choose what's good for them. Absolutely. So that's number one, is creating that system. Mm. And number two is making sure that these students have the accessibility that they need, so the resources that they need to learn about STEM. Mm. So number one is sharing that story, making sure that you're actually tailoring their mindset so it's more based on impact rather than math and science. And number two, Give them those resources, yeah, you know, yeah. give them the mentors that they need, give them the education that they need to actually, you know, have that skill set and that mindset to be someone who contributes within the, the STEM field. Yeah, thank you so much, by the way. And uh, it seems like uh, what I have also figured out is that you're battling, battling two different things here. <laughs> One is uh, the fuel cell and the STEM, and the other is the diversity and making sure that that goes channels to everybody, not just male and female in general. We're just talking everybody. Am I right? So that is going to be a long battle and I hope uh, you get where you want to be uh, because it seems like we need people like you times by, let's say, a hundred <laughs> to make this happen. So thank you for that, by the way. So yeah, thank you again. So uh, we know there's a lot of uh, school system uh, situations around the uh, in the US and Canada and around the world okay so we're not discriminating any of the schools here because that's what they do and maybe they could be funding issues could be teacher issues could be something else so we will not get into that but what as a human being what as a parent can you tell your kids of what to look for and guide them and help them tutor at home that's also a really, really great question because it really does all start at home, doesn't it? Uh, even with me, it wasn't school that got me interested in, in STEM. It was my my dad. You know, he he is an engineer. He was an uh, he's an ex Air Force. So I grew up with family that really did expose me to STEM fields. And I think to answer your question, you know, what can parents do? Well, parents, number one, need to be supportive of what their child's interests are. And if that happens to be STEM, they need to make sure that they're doing what they can to expose their, their child or their family to their own interests. So the biggest thing here is to give 
young people room to explore. Don't corner them in. Because that's what happens, especially to a lot of first-gen minorities. You know, you're expected to be a lawyer. You're expected to be an engineer. You're expected to be a doctor. Give them room. Give them room to experiment. Give them room to do a little bit of trial and error. I think that is what's going to be most important. So if you do see that spark, Mm. you see them really kind of light up when they're doing any type of problem solving, try to feed that a little bit. Try to expose them to more things like that so they can really test out their limits see what they really enjoy see what they're good at see what they're bad at see what they're capable of stomaching you know Mm -hmm. if they can't do something are they willing to keep trying to overcome that problem if you see that kind of hunger from your child then you need to keep feeding feeding them so that they can keep exploring that feeling and, and see where it eventually takes them so i think that exposure, giving them that room to explore, that room to trial and error, basically just learn over time, figure out who they are. You know, that's that's the most important thing to me. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Uh, just give me one second. Let me uh, talk to my audience here one second. So, guys, what I have learned and what I've understood, even what she has mentioned here, is that, you know, when you're kids... You go to different, different classes, different, different uh, music classes, or even karate, or whatever, okay? You you learn all this stuff, and you learn sports, and you learn skydiving, you learn a whole bunch of coding, or whatever. Those are the skills that you're trying to tap your kids for. Now, out of any of these things, they might be good at something. And when they're good at something, then you just follow that passion. And I think that's what she's trying to say. I think... Just follow whatever skills that they're good at. And then you can just rule the world after that. And then you can just enjoy the world the way it is. Am I right on that? Uh, yeah, and, and to, add a, to add another point, not necessarily what they're good at, but what you see them enjoy. And something someone enjoys might not nece- necessarily be something that they're good at. And that's why I said you need to be aware of their ability to stomach the bad. You know, if they're bad at something they like, are they still honing in on it? Are they still trying to improve? If you see that kind of hunger Mm. where your child is actually trying to be better at something, I think that's also a really good indicator that you should continue to, to support them with respect to that activity. So... Not necessarily something that they're good at, but something that they keep going back to that I think is, is really important too. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for that. And before I let you go, do you have any last words or anything like that for, for my audience and my listeners uh, about uh, anything else? Go ahead. Um, honestly, if you want to have any main takeaways, you know, number one, if you are interested in the field of STEM, I think there are a lot of resources out there outside of school that can really help you. Uh, if you're into technology, there's a lot of NGOs that can help you learn how to code. If you're into fuel cells, if you're into sustainable technology, you can come reach out to me. I'm really big on LinkedIn, so you can find me on there, connect with me. I'm happy to network. And if you're in need of career coaching, if you're feel, feeling a little bit lost in, in your own evolution over time, then feel free to check out the Cohort Collective. That's my career coaching firm. We have three resources. We have a private uh, career development group that's at above 3,000 members now. So 
it's all out there for you. The resources exist. Just uh, go and find what you need. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much uh, for that, and thank you for coming on my show to make this brighter uh, for me. And uh, thank you for the insight for for the the stigmas that we have when we talk about STEM, because STEM, according to a lot of people, is math or a technology or or male. Uh, obviously, that's not true, right? So uh, I hope that we have kind of resolved that issue from uh, back to basics. So thank you again for coming on my show to make this brighter for me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, and thank you for shining a light on this topic. I think it's very much so needed. Yeah, thank, thank you again, and God bless, and uh, I'll see you next time. Thank you again. So guys, we spoke with uh, my guest today and we talked about the basics of STEM, fuel cells, coaching, skills, a lot of things we have talked about. But there's one good thing that we have actually said and I think I'm gonna take that takeaway by saying one thing on my show which is a, qu a quote of the day. The quote of the day is gonna be, choose a job that you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. What does that mean? That means that, you know what, you gotta be good at what you do. You gotta be bad at what you do. That's what she said too. But you know what? Just enjoy life as much as you can. And remember, everything in life goes back to basics and that's what we did today, guys. Guys, take care, God bless, and keep on commenting good, bad, ugly, either way, it'll make my show stronger day by day, week by week. As much as content that I put in, it's gonna be great content. It's gonna be great uh, guest on my show. But there's one thing which is always amazing in this show, which is the host. So guys, take care, God bless, and I'll see you next week. Next week's episode on... Objects, they come up all the time, Garrish. And, you know, it's important to be able to filter through them because not all the ideas that we have are shiny objects. We just need to figure out which ones are best for our business, okay? So that's the first thing. The second thing is... Because I'm a business strategist, is um, really breaking down complex problems and helping people strategize about how to move forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a problem doesn't always have to be complex, but when you start peeling back the layers of the onion, if you will, of a problem, mm -hmm. they can be quite complex. And solving those problems has been something that I have done since early on in my career mm. in really taking a problem and breaking it down into simple, easy to understand steps in order to make sure that we resolve the problem. Okay. And then the third thing.